time to connect with Lacey Nelson. If you'd like to participate and connect with us in today's conversation, or if you have any questions for our guests, feel free to email us at rad at radradio.com. And if you're watching us live on Rad TV, today we are connecting with individuals serving the community as peacekeepers, working towards safer and stronger neighborhoods. And now, without further ado, our host, Lacey Nelson. Good morning, everyone. If you're tuning in live, thank you so much yet again. You are here for our fourth podcast, and it's been going so well over the last couple of months. So much great feedback um, with our our guests that we've had thus far, and I couldn't be more grateful to Brandon and Kyle and the whole entire Rad Radio team for everything they're doing to really bring some awareness to some serious hot topics that's happening in our world today. And um, I'm so excited. Today has been a culmination of work and trust-building and I cannot wait to um, show you these two folks here, Brandy Missouri from the Black Child Legacy Campaign. She is a community uh, lead for the Arden Arcade area, and I won't speak too much on her. I'm going to let her talk about herself because she's awesome. We also have James Willock from Healing the Hood Program Manager. Did I say your last name right? Yes. Is it Willock? Yes. Okay, from uh, Healing the Hood. He's the program manager for that organization, and it's all. Um, and I'm going to let them talk about the uh, the organization and how it works with the Mutual Assistance Network. So. Without further ado, thanks for turning, uh, tuning in to connect with me today. And um, James, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about Healing the Hood, and then we'll talk about Black Child Legacy Campaign, and you guys, um, it also is BCLC. Yes. So if we say BCLC, um, also, just so our viewers know, these two are on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. These organizations are at work all the time for our communities. And so we have like 18 phones on the, the desk here. So if you see them looking down at their phones, they are not ignoring us. They are tending to potential serious situations in our community. They may need to get up and leave. So just to have them here is great. We're going to tie try to tie them into an hour. So community, please behave for an hour so we can hear about these organizations. Um, James, your organization... Um, when did it start? Why did it start? So, actually, Black Child Legacy Campaign started after Mutual Assistance Network. Mutual Assistance Network is who we work for. That's our, our main organization. And Black Child Legacy Campaign is a program that we host there. So we're like an incubator site for that program, right? But Mutual Assistance Network just celebrated 30 years. So it's been around a long time um, serving the community. 30 years. Yes. And um, I hadn't only heard about it a few years ago. So that just means we need to get that word out there for more, more people. That's a long time yeah. for an organization. And, and, and part part of why it's not out there like that is because we're an organization that doesn't like do a lot of press conferences. We don't go to the media. Um, we just do the work, keep our heads down, and that's been the way the organization ran from the beginning. Um, we don't want to profit or you know, uh, maximize our fame or anything based on the backs of our community. Okay, makes sense. You guys are there for the community first and foremost. Yeah. This isn't about making money. This isn't about you guys. And when I say that, this isn't about making money, and we'll touch on this mm -hmm. earlier, I want you guys as viewers to really get an understanding of these organizations and fall in love with them as much as I have. But I'll tell you, they are a 5013C um, nonprofit organization. They do not profit, and they run off of both grants, which um, if you've ever done grant writing, or try to get grants for your particular organization, you know it's very difficult and it's a lot of work. So they also run off of private donations. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later, um, how those private donations come into play for you guys in the community. But um, they are a nonprofit, so they're doing this work out of the goodness of their heart. Nobody's getting rich off of this. This is really about the people, yeah. right? Okay, so um, Brandy, what's, what's your guys' mission? What are you guys doing this for? Yeah, you know, um, Mutual Assistance Network, like he said, has been around for 30 years. It was started by community. It was a community-led, um, you know, there was some community members, some grandmothers, um, you know, grandparents that just, um, you know, felt like Del Paso Heights needed a lot of love and a lot of support. So they started the Mutual Assistance Network. And so um, our current mission is to advance social and economic opportunities for the community and for families. And so um, with that, you know, we offer so much. And so um, Black Child Legacy is really um, just a small portion of what we do at MAN. And so we have two different sites. We have a site in Del Paso Heights, and we have a site in Arden Arcade, which houses Black Child Legacy. Okay. And so um, the site in Del Paso Heights, like you said, has been around for 30 years. 
Okay. And our art and arcade location has been um, a little over 10 years. But if you don't live in Art and Arcade, if you live in Oak Park, if, if you live in South Sac, you guys can help them too. Exactly. It's not about necessarily the placement of the, of the building. It's just where it is for now. Yeah. But if anybody needs help, they can come in, right? Yes, yeah. and they do. And depending on, and that's the great thing about um, Mutual Assistance Network, because we have so much going on, we have so many programs and, and different funding streams, um, like you talked about with grant writing. And um, when you have grants, you have you know, particular direct outcomes that you have to accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. And so some of those might be only for an arcade. Some of them might only be for um, Del Paso Heights. Mm -hmm. But the great thing about the organization is the more fun funding we can get from private donors, now we can do whatever we want with that money, and then we can bring in other people. So, like, when someone calls us from Oak Park, yeah, we're going to go. When someone calls us from Rancho, we're going to go. Depending on what the needs are, we're, we're going to show up if we can't. If we can't take care of it, then we have strong partnerships and we try to figure out who does what in our communities and we refer them to them. Now, when you say you guys show up, what are you showing up to? So it just depends. Um, like she said, we have many programs. So we have home visitation programs. We do parenting classes. We do um, court-approved anchor management classes. We do diaper distribution. We give out food. Um, we help um, find housing. We help find job opportunities. We have several youth programs. Um, so again, showing up will look different for each situation. Mm -hmm. But as far as healing the hood um, and Black Child Legacy Campaign and our partnership with that, how we show up as crisis responders. And so say we get a call right now, say there's a shooting and um, you know we, we've got a, a body on the ground. So we're gonna show up and what we're gonna do is we're gonna try, unfortunately, in our communities that we serve, there's a big distrust between law enforcement and the community, mm -hmm. right? And so they don't understand our community all the time, the reasons, the policies that, that, that officers or sheriffs use. And so what'll happen is, you know, that'll bring about a, a big tension, mm -hmm. right? And so now we've studied why they do what they do. Why does the body need to be there until the coroner, you know, checks it off and so on and so forth. And since we're from the community, now we can step in, try to, you know, help the community by letting them know this is why they're doing it. You know I mean? This is why your baby's on the ground and so on and so forth. And then, so it, it's not working with law enforcement, <laughs> but it helps them because now they can focus on whatever it is they're doing and we can focus on the community, right? Um, so we show up like that. We, if they need grief counseling afterwards, um, you know, a lot, once the yellow tape is gone, mm. the family's still there. That's what they're, I always say. They're That's still grieving, right? Mm -hmm. They're still grieving. And so we, we have to, you know, sometimes it's grief counseling, sometimes it's food. Sometimes once you've lost someone unexpectedly, you don't know how that's going to affect you. Sometimes you, you, you can't even cook. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're just like in a comatose state. You need and, meal trained. Yeah, and so yeah. We, we, we step in in all those type of ways. And sometimes it's even about um, paying funerals. Like we, we, we serve low-income communities, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't have a lot of money. And it costs a lot to bury people, sure right? Does. And so it just depends on what the needs are. That, that's how we show up. Um, so when I say we show up, that's how we show up. I love that you say there isn't when when law enforcement leaves mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of follow-up no. right and if you follow my Facebook and you see the things that I do in the mm -hmm. world that's important to me I always say follow up follow through check in mm -hmm. it's not done as soon as we leave we we leave and it's not done it's actually just begun for them yeah. right and so um, you know and I understand we get so busy you know thousands of calls and it's like um, but it's important to me so mm -hmm. you guys being able to piece that together at the tail end is so important you guys are nothing but amazing and instrumental in in the field for families in the middle of that grief mm -hmm. so i can't be more grateful for what you guys are doing i want to touch on a little bit and i learned this uh the other day from brandy actually um why is it called black child legacy campaign although you serve all families mm -hmm. of all races and ethnicities it, it doesn't matter but um it's important to notate why it's focused on the black community yeah sure i would love to talk about that um so there is a child death review team that reviews all the deaths throughout Sacramento County. And so for over 10 years, um, it was found that black children were dying more than three times any other race. Um, and so that upon, you know, with that data, they 
um, looked at the statistics of the areas that the deaths were occurring and the main causes of those deaths. Mm. And so um, the four main causes that they found are child abuse and neglect, third-party homicides, which are, you know, like our shootings and our stabbings and the violence that we see in the streets. Third-party meaning it's not within the family, it's exactly. outside. Something yes. either gang or street-related or just random. Yes. Okay. Um, perinatal conditions and unsafe sleep conditions. Like SIDS or whatnot. Yes. Okay. And so um, so with those four main causes, um, they looked at the neighborhoods that they happen in the most, which are Del Paso Heights, Arden Arcade, North Highlands Foothill Farms, Oak Park, Valley High, Meadowview, and Fruit Ridge Stockton. Okay. And so each of those neighborhoods have a community incubator for Black Child Legacy. Wow. Um, it started out... Um, the name that they original originally started out with was reduction of African American child deaths. Okay. Super long. That's a, a long lot, name. right? So yeah. then it was R A R A A C D, and then um, you know then they found that Black Child Legacy um, it rolls better. B C L C mm. is a better tagline, and also um, that's what we're looking to accomplish. You know, a, a better legacy for the Black children in our communities. Can you guys say that since your existence um, with the organization that those, has there been another review um, of deaths in the black community? Have they come down or? So our goal, when we first started this, it was like 2016. 2016 is when it started rolling out. Um, and the goal was by 2020 to see a reduction in African-American child deaths by 2020. That, that year before 2020 in, in Sac City, there were zero child deaths, uh, third-party homicides. No kidding. For that year. Wow. And so, um, you know, we have definitely seen a reduction. Um, but not only that, um, the awareness, mm -hmm. the partnerships, um, you know, it's just, it's built. It's grown um, so much. And when um, you say partnerships, not only with people in the community, that you know, people living in the community, but you're talking like other organizations too. Like People that see the value in the work, mm -hmm. um, connections with local hospitals Great. as well. So they know, um, you know, we have a connection when we get a call and we know that the family is there. We are able to talk to staff. They're able to talk to us. Um, so that we could better support the families. It's great, like a social worker. So yes. somebody's in the hospital yes. going through something, they call in for yep. the hospital social worker who probably isn't from the hood. Yeah. Let's be honest, exactly. right? Yeah. So they, they have great resources and things to say and offer and add, but when you guys come in, it's it's a different level of probably quick understanding. Hey, mm -hmm. you know, they understand me, yeah. right? What we might need tomorrow or next week. So that's what you mean, right? Just yes. being able to come in as a, another party, just another another cherry on top of how to help somebody. Right. Okay. Furthers our reach on how we could support the families. That's yeah. great. So um, hospitals, if you're listening, these folks are here. We're going to give out information for their organizations, phone numbers, emails, how to get in contact with them. Um, so you guys can have this on your just a uh, list of helpful things for your customers, clients, so yeah. to speak. And 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 just 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 and, and this is something that we we try to um like really put out there and stress. We're not here to replace anything. We're not here to take anybody's jobs. We're here as a support, mm -hmm. right? And so we're not trying to be social workers at the hospital. We're not trying to be security at the hospital. We're not trying to be law enforcement. We're not trying to be any of that. Mm -hmm. What we're just trying to do is serve our community, right? And we believe working alongside each other, you know, in, in a cooperative way mm -hmm. will better strengthen that and let us both do our jobs and serve our community and bring those things down. And like she said, it's not just third-party homicide. That's one of them. But, again, the parenting classes are so very, very important. Um, teaching a, a young um, mother, right, who might might be a, a baby herself, a mm -hmm. teenager, how to, and she didn't get an example of how to sleep her baby or how to feed her baby, when to take her baby to the hospital. These things are so very important in bringing those numbers down. So we could have, and, and I'll touch on that real quick, because yeah. anybody, anybody who, gets offended or uh, insecure about your your presence mm -hmm. uh, needs to check themselves to be honest because it like they say with kids it takes a village mm -hmm. right and just like with our community it takes a village so everybody's trying to complement one another nobody's trying to replace anybody mm -hmm. i can never do what you guys do you can never do what i do i want you there you want me there right mm -hmm. so um no you guys are just just that added piece of how to bring some calm to a situation that otherwise isn't, or like you said, provide those resources. So, um, yeah, if 
like I said, if you guys work for an organization that thinks they can benefit from them, please reach out to them. Have them just be on your list of who to contact in the event somebody needs help, you know, or you can't calm a situation down or you, you don't know where to send a 16-year-old mom. There you go. Um, and those moms and dads can contact you guys directly too, I'm yes. presuming. Hey, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have family. Because um, I meet those kind of kids all the time, mm-hmm. you know. I have a new baby and I don't know what to do. My family doesn't live here or I'm on probation. So I have these restrictions, you know, who can I call? Please call these folks, yes. call black child legacy campaign, call mutual assistance. Um, they're going to be able to help you more than I can. So, um, thank you for no- noting that, but anybody who's offended, you know, or insecure about your organization, like get yourself together. Cause these <laughs> people are going to do you some good. So I mean, there's, it's a disparity. There's numbers that prove that, you know, there's something not right in these systems that are in place. And so, um, you know, of course, all families need support, and that's why we don't turn anyone down. Mm-hmm. But also, the focus is to reduce the disparity and, yeah. um, you know, really make sure that families have what they need um, to thrive. Yeah, so if a Hispanic 16 year old mom came in and said, I, I need help too, you're not going to turn her down. Sorry. No. You know, you're going to help her too. But I, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Your focus is like you said, uh, let's even things out. You know, let's not see any yeah. of this stuff in a perfect world in my in my perfect world um but you know if we can even it out to where you know less people are being victimized killed um dealing with baby deaths mm-hmm. that's the point of the organization well that's the point of black child legacy yeah. campaign okay thank and you. i, I, I want to keep you. making yeah. that distinction yeah. that mutual assistance network yes serves all people mm-hmm. got you any race any color any age um well any language we we serve everybody we have a lot large Afghan population in our, our in arcade area, mm-hmm, right? Do. And we have uh uh you know five or six um members of that community there so they can speak, they can understand them and we can serve them. Okay. Right. So we're we're, we're we're very um direct and when we're looking, we believe in proximate leadership. Um we believe that people um can solve their own problems if given the, the tools, right? And the education. And so that's what we, we strive to do. And so we have a diverse um, team mm-hmm. and we, we serve everybody. Again, Mutual Assistance Network serves everybody. Okay, um, thank you for yeah. educating me because, <laughs> you know, I'm learning too. Yeah. I mean, I, I've known you guys for a little bit, but, mm. um, you know, just yeah. putting the pieces together as to who yeah. helps who and where, that's yeah. perfect. So mutual assistance is for everyone. Exactly. Regardless of your community. And there are translators, it sounds like. So if you don't yeah. speak English, yeah. all good. Come on they in. They're going to Spanish, find somebody um, for you. Dari, hiring whatever yeah. they're hiring mm-hmm. okay so if you're out if you are looking for your life's work your director <laughs> and i got to give yeah. a shout out to heather gonzalez the director of the organization because she's been instrumental in chatting with me this week uh to get this podcast off the ground and um she texted me last night and it, and it, it touched me she said yeah. you know this is our life's work mm-hmm. this is our passion our mission it's not a job you know and um i can say that the same thing about my career mm-hmm. I'm not in it for the money. Mm-hmm. I'm not in it for anything other than it's my passion to yeah. help other people. And that's what you guys are doing. Yeah. You know, we're not getting rich off this stuff. This is about us waking up every day and going, I'm proud to get up and go to work today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys are hiring. Yes. Um, touch on how people can get involved that way if they want to apply. Um, so we have some agency positions and we also have some AmeriCorps positions. Um, we're always looking for bilingual folks to come and join our team to help serve our community that way. Um, jobs at mutualassistance.org is the email where you can send a resume and you can also look us up at mutualassistance.org um, on the website that's great so yeah. they can and volunteers too volunteers right? yes. also volunteers so yes. as well. obviously if yeah. you you know you, you got a job and you're good to go but you want to put some time in on the side um, I would think if you're a college student you're looking for some community hours or mm-hmm. some experience yes. this is a way to volunteer come out with these guys on the weekend or whatever you can put in right to yeah. kind of shadow you guys so yeah. to speak they can yeah. do that? Yes, definitely. Um, we, 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 we're always looking for volunteers, and not just volunteers, but volunteer partnerships. So if, if, you're in, if you're in the community and you have a store, if you're in the community and you have a funeral home, if you're in the store you know, and, and you run, run a park, parks and recreation or whatever, yeah. we're always looking for ways to, to find partnerships so we can serve the community, right? Yeah. So, so I'm glad you touched on that because you did say earlier um, – in for anybody mm. it doesn't matter if you you're wealthy mm. a funeral is not cheap no. right and we, that's the only guarantee in life is that we're gonna kick the bucket someday mm. you know we're, none of us are making this out of this thing alive so yeah. right. you know um in our communities that you guys are serving mm. 
um, it's probably rather difficult to put together a funeral, especially when it was unexpected due to a homicide or a child death. So, yeah, if you guys run a funeral home out there or you have some connections to a funeral home who um, might be open to assisting with, you know, free services or very discounted services in the event, these folks find a family who has to bury somebody that they love, gosh, reach out to them, let them know, hey, I'm on I'm on tab for the next one or whatever. Um, not only is it great for your heart and for your business, but, you know, I'm pretty sure that people are going to want to frequent a business that's giving back to the community mm-hmm. like that. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, reach out to them, and, and we'll go through more details on the emails, phone numbers, and stuff at the end, and we'll put it on our channels too. But um, just as a curiosity, how many people are actually working and employed by your agency now? Right now, the number is over around 50. Wow. Yeah, it's That's around great. 50 because like Between she, both sites. Yeah, between both sites. And okay. then she she also mentioned that um, we have AmeriCorps positions. Mm-hmm. And so do you, do you want to well, touch yeah, Brandy, on what, what that is, that? is a little bit? So AmeriCorps is um, a government agency that allows folks to receive a stipend um, while they're getting trained. Um, a lot of students use AmeriCorps. Like, you know, you get a education award at the end of your term. You do like 1,700 hours for the year. And then once the, the hours are up and you've, um, you know, you've completed your hours in your term, then you get like a $10,000, $10,000 and some change um, education award at the end to wow. go towards future education or um, student loans or whatever um, that looks like. And so um, and then um, when you're an AmeriCorps member, you're still eligible for like government assistance because it's not considered an income. It's considered a stipend. Oh. And so um, I actually started as an AmeriCorps member back in 2002 um, at a birth and beyond site. And so it just came like kind of full circle how I ended up back at um, Art and Arcade, so. That's awesome, so it it doesn't matter, I'm I'm guessing it doesn't matter if you're 18 and wanna do this or 40. Exactly. It doesn't matter. If you're trying to start later, Mm -hmm. you know, there's never a time frame for me in life. Mm -hmm. If we're still breathing, we're still living, so do something, right? So anybody in any age can probably come and go back to school and if you're stuck and you're like, I don't know what to do next, Mm -hmm. you know, this might be a path. Talk about giving back, um, you know, to the community and finding like these folks have found their life's work, their passion, something they can get up every day. It's not a job. Then it just becomes a lifestyle and they actually get paid for it. I mean, what a better way to live. And, you know, James, um, Brandy and I are just getting to meet. And I know that she's got such a great background and story about how she came to be. She just mentioned this is full circle for her. 20 plus years of her life is being spent doing this. And we're going to touch on that. James, I'm going to go to you first, my friend, because... I admire you so much. I'm so inspired by your story. So I'd like you to touch a little bit on your personal story, if you would, um, yeah. about how this came to be for you and, and uh, you know, how it's full circle for you, too. All right. Yeah, so I grew up right here in North Sacramento. Um, both of my parents were incarcerated at, at one point in my life. I, you know, was in group homes. Um, so I was ward- made a ward of the state at the age of 10, um, running the streets, all that, and... At the age of 19, I committed a crime and went to prison, and I served 29 years in prison. Hmm. Um, while I was in prison, I started taking a hard look at myself and how I wanted to transform. Because at that time, I was in prison, I didn't believe I was going to get out. Because uh, if you know anything about laws in, in California and you know pr- the prison system, um, for one, at one point in time, no lifer because I had a life sentence. No lifer was ever getting out, and um, we had even had a governor that said it. If a lifer gets out of this prison while I'm governor, it's going to be in a pine box. And so I just felt like I was never going to get out of prison. So that you was, had that a was life my belief. Sentence. Yes. You didn't have 29 year sentence. You, you, no, you I had just, 34 years to life. That was it. I'm, I'm here forever. That's it. Okay. So that, that was my belief. And so, but when I was in there, I decided, like, look, if I am going to die in here, do I want to be remembered as, you know, that, that mugshot? Right, when they when they arrested me. And I came to the realization that no, I didn't want that. So I started putting myself in situations in there and in groups and just read, you know, I probably read over 2,000 books um, just on, you know, personal um, growth and development as well as leadership books, put myself in, in different groups, learned some curriculum, started teaching some classes after I went through them, started teaching them, and then just started finding other ways to give back. Um, me and some of the guys that I were in prison with, we wrote a book together called um, Men Built for Others, Life Lessons from No Serving Life Sentences. And at the time, only one person that was part of that book um, was going to get out. 
everybody on that life sentence. And we donated all the money to a scholarship fund. One of my friends came up with an idea after um, hearing about this this character, it's true, based on a true story, the bridge over the River Kwai. And they were in concentration camps. And it was this British officer. And when you're in a concentration camp, like, you know, it's like survival. Survival of the fittest. So you're stealing food. You, you're not caring about the other person. You're just trying to survive and make it out. But not, not too many people were making it out. Mm -hmm. So he said, this ain't how we do it. We got to come up with, with with a way to get get it, save people from this, right? So he came up with a term called mucker. And what the mucker was, was it would be my responsibility to make sure you made it out. So mm -hmm. if you got sick, I would give you my food. You know, I was going to, it was my goal mission to get you out. And so we came up with, when he came up with that idea, we said, how can we get somebody out the ghetto? We didn't make it. We made wrong decisions, and, and we're all here in prison. We might die in prison. But how can we help somebody else? And so we fundraised, and we wrote that book and donated every penny of that how book. How do you fundraise in prison? So I'm you, curious. You, you, you go, like, I know there's a lot of people in there that committed crimes, right? Mm -hmm. And guess what? Everybody that's in there... Um, not everybody still has that hard heart, right? So we went cell to cell, right? Knocking on other incarcerated people's doors. Like, hey, look, man, we are raising this money. We're trying to help this kid, you know? Um, and we didn't know who the kid was. The school was gonna pick the kid. Um, and we like, we, we, wanna, we wanna help somebody. And we raised, um, you know, like, I think the first initial fundraising thing, we raised like over $34,000. You're kidding mainly, me. Mainly wow. just from incarcerated individuals and, and their families, right? Um, and eventually Lisa Ling had heard about it, if you, if you know mm -hmm. who Lisa Ling is, and she did a special on it. It's on her show right now, um, This Is Life with Lisa, Lisa Ling, or I think that's the name of it. But anyway, she, she did, a, did a thing on it. They allowed her to come into prison, follow us around, you know, see what we were up to. And um, so anyways, I was doing that, you know, we, we were, they were bringing, um, as part of the book project that we had, one of the schools, the local schools, um, colleges, um, became aware of it, one of the professors, um, and she was bringing her class in, and we were giving them three-day leadership um, seminars, right, um, part of the team I was part of. And um, she actually wrote our book into their curriculum. Wow. So they would read the book, um, they would like pick a, a chapter. So like I'm chapter four in the book. So if they read my chapter, then when they came, then they could ask me questions and we could talk about it. So anyways, I, all that being said, since then, every one of us is out. Every single person in that book is out and not just out, but giving back in a tremendous way to their communities. And, right? and off parole and not, you know. One, one person is still on parole, not because of but, any violations or whatever, just because the waiting process. Yeah. But to your point, yes, off parole, and I have discharged from parole. Congratulations, right? Thank my you. friend. Wow. Thank you. And um, so, again, coming from never thinking I was going to get out mm -hmm. to now being out and then discharging from parole. Um, so, yes. And not only that, you're not sitting around. No, no, you know I can't I mean? sit you're, around. You're not sitting around doing nothing or doing no. nothing productive. So, you're, you, you are the recidivism rate. I don't if if anybody reads or mm. looks online for one minute, they can mm. see in California at least the recidivism rate is through the roof. Yeah. So you know, and that's with fresh crimes and fresh arrests or just violations of the system. And there's a reason why folks get the the web tattoo mm. because when you're in it, you're stuck. You know, yeah. you can't get out a lot of times, even if you're really trying. So, um, well, James, you have defied all odds, my friend. Yeah. Well, I, I just. You talked about the recidivism rate. So I just want to touch on something real quick. If you really look at the numbers, though, for those that served over 20 years, the recidivism rate is nothing. So when you look at those numbers, they are the fresh crimes, the drug crimes, mm -hmm. and then the, all those numbers. I don't want to get too political no with doubt. it. But all those numbers are, are grouped in there to make it seem like everybody's going back. When actuality the ones that are serving long periods of time and are really working on themselves, they don't go back to prison. Because they've been there too long, they're over yeah. it. And, okay. and, and, they, and they've developed some skills, they know who they are now. Everybody goes. Everybody commits crimes for different reasons. No doubt. We, 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 we link it all in like it's all one thing. Like I told you, both of my parents went to prison by the time I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. They, How I was raised, they taught me about drug use and they taught me how to commit crimes. They told me never call the police and they don't trust don't trust the police. And I got passed on the back for doing criminal activity at the age of nine and ten, right? 
And so how does that affect um, a young kid who wants love from their parents, right? And so a lot of these these young kids that, that are going to prison at the age of 16, 15, yes, get, getting life sentences, right? And the, the facts remain that once they go in there, you're saying that they can't change, that they can't transform their lives. And I'm saying, no, that's not true. Mm -hmm. And they, they do, even in there. That's how we were able to raise money from people that had to lock up every day with CDC or on the back of their shirts, and they were willing to give their canteen. Some some of the guys who didn't have anybody on the streets looking out for them, and they only had their inmate pay job, which is 15 cents an hour, eight cents an hour, and they were still donating, right? So you tell me their hearts are all bad? I don't believe that. Well, James, I'm a believer in that we're yeah. all individuals, yeah. right? We all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Some are different mistakes. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say worse or better. Yeah. They're just different. Yeah. Um, you know, and you have to have a chance to uh, prove yourself differently, yeah. you know. And I'm sure we can all agree that um, certain crimes are not forgivable, yeah. you know. We don't need to go into that because it yeah. would be more political. Yeah, I yeah, got my yeah, feelings yeah. on it, and I'm sure yeah. you do too. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, the rest of us who are what I call human beings, mm -hmm. and, and we make bad choices, I've, I've done it too. Yeah. If, if you judge me on things I did two years ago even, uh, you you know, you may not like me. Because exactly. I, I made mistakes too, and today I make a mistake, tomorrow I'm going to make a mistake, yeah. right? So the fact that you got out when mm. you didn't think so mm. and not only got out but bettered yourself, I like your story because it shows others who are listening. Mm. If you're young and you're listening, if you're incarcerated and you're lucky enough to be able to watch this mm. episode, you can see that it's possible. This man sitting Definitely. across from me, you know, in this beautiful studio talking about his life. Mm. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a community activist everything's possible for you too. So yeah. if you're using right now, if, if you, if you are living on the streets and you're banging, gang banging, um, whatever you're doing, call this man, let him help you get out of the situation that you are in Call mutual assistance network, black child legacy. However, reach out to these folks. Don't call me. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll direct you to them. You can call me. Anybody can call me. But yeah. what I'm saying is you guys live the life, yeah. you know, um, Brandy, I know your story is probably a little different, but, um, <laughs> still, mad respect for you because of what you're doing in the community but he works day in and day out for people that i have a lot of respect and admiration for so how did this come to be something for you thank you um it's a hard act to follow as you know james story is nah. amazing and so we are very blessed to have him on our team um i remember the day that we interviewed him <laughs> and um it was a it was a no-brainer you know um so anyway but me um, we both grew up in Del Paso Heights, so I grew up in the north um, as well, um, still live there, live in Arden Arcade. And so, um, you know, I've always had a heart for helping people. You know, I started at Birth and Beyond, which is where I started going to school for human services, um, started going to school for alcohol and drug counseling, uh, chemical dependency. Not to interrupt you, Birth and Beyond, what is that? Birth and Beyond is um, one of, um, it's one of the programs that we have at our site. Okay. And it's the home visitation program. Oh, God. And it's the program that focuses on families with zero to five. Um, it, and it does a lot with the parenting classes. And it's kind of like one of the um, foundational programs within MAN Got at it. both sites. And so um, so I started working there years ago, um, you know, really young and going to school. And, um, you know, initially I wanted to go to school for like child development. Um, but then at the time we had, um, adopted three of my cousins. And so, um, I'm, you know, working all day with families and kids and then I'm coming home to kids and I, then I was like, maybe I, I enjoy working with moms and families more mm. and maybe working with kids all day and then coming home to kids all day. You know, I kind of changed my whole direction of going to school. And so anyway, um, you know, I just kind of stayed in that field all these years and then, um, kind of moved around. So. Seven years ago, I started working for Sacramento County as um, de at Department of Human Assistance. Mm -hmm. um, I was an intake worker, and um, so I was doing intakes, and you know, I was seeing families coming in. I love just being able to, you know, help and have a different lens. You know, um, I always felt like you know some workers get jaded and they kind of look at everybody in groups, and I feel like you know everyone's individual and have their own struggles and should be treated as such. And so um, the opportunity came to be outstationed for the Black Child Legacy Program at Mutual Assistance Network. And so um, initially I was kind of nervous because I didn't know what I was getting into. 
And so um, I said, okay, what the hell? I'll just go ahead and I'm gonna just jump and go for it. Leap of faith. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. So um, it was probably the best decision um, that I had ever made. Um, and so um, I I went over to Man at the arcade site, and Black Child Legacy was um, in its beginning phase. So we literally would meet every Tuesday to talk about what do we need to do to roll this program out? What programs, what ways can we work towards reducing the disparity? And then how can I help as a DHA worker? Mm. The problem was is that I was losing more focus on being a DHA worker and just wanted to do everything, um, which is how, um, you know, when crisis response came about and they started the training for crisis response, um, I said, well, I live in Arden Arcade, I work in Arden Arcade, I can, still being a county employee, I can get trained um, as a volunteer um, to do crisis response. So awesome. that's kind of how I started with the crisis response piece. Um, and so I just kind of jumped in and did it outside of the DHA work. Um, and so I we I was there since the beginning. So that was 2016 mm-hmm. that, I mo- that I started over there. And then um, the opportunity came for me to leave the county and become a program manager at MAN. Um, and I did. And so I think this month, October, it'll be two years that I've been fully um, full time at man and, and no longer a county employee. That's so cool. And so um, I feel like, um, you know, it feels so intentional, the work that we do, um, you know, like it's it is such it's such hard work. And, um, you know, there's I feel like we were spoiled at the county. You know, you yeah. leave the county, you leave the government agency for a nonprofit. You know, you, there's a lot more limitations in funding, you know, you can only spend money in certain areas, but, um, but this is where, you know, like I work with a team of people that we put families first. Um, we prioritize their needs and we work, try to find a way to make these policies work, um, the best for the families. And so, um, that was one of the main reasons why I felt that's why I feel like I'm at home where I'm at. Um, And that's how it should feel. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you're not leaving, you're going to be there for the, that's my plan. <laughs> the Brandy Empire is, is creating around us. Um, yeah. Are you able to talk about any of your favorite cases or did you work with some, you know, without mentioning names and particulars, but was there someone that you worked with, you know, maybe a young mother or something that's now blossomed, anything like that? We, there's actually, there, I, have a, I have a lot of stories. Like, you know, um, I think one of the ones that kind of stick with me the most that I think about often Um and get you i know it does every time and, I, and i'm like you know it's been it's been a few years since it happened so there was a crisis response call that we got um late at night um and so howard who's one of our other crisis responders on the team i love howard um yeah howard big teddy Joe. bear mm-hmm. yeah. exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um you know usually how the process works is we get a call the primary responder will go out they assess the situation they report back and he says um I think we could use some female support out here. You know, there's a lot of ladies out here. The mom just got here and, you know, and so I was like, I'm on my way. So I show up um, and it happens. I recognize this mom. We went to school together. Mm. We actually went to Grant High School together. Um, but we, you know, like we weren't really friends or anything, but we just, you know, we, we recognize each other. But so when we get there, her 15 year old is on the ground. Mm. He I got shot. He was killed. Um, and so, you know, when I first when I first got there and I just let her know I was there and she just she just hugged me right away, you know, and she embraced me for a long time. And um, I just let her know, like, I'm here to support you, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever you need. We're going we're just here to help this situation however we can. And so. She was like, oh, why is my why is my baby still on the ground? Yeah. I don't understand. Like, why are they not picking him up? Let me find out. So I went and I talked to an officer and he explained, um, you know, it's an active investigation. Only coroner can let us know when that body could get picked up. Nobody can touch it. Um, and so, okay. Um, so I went back and I, uh, you know, just relayed the information. She um, immediately felt calm, not calm, but she was, she understood mm-hmm. and she thanked me. And, you know, we, we were out there on that scene for hours, yeah. you know, um, there were other situations, you know, like, um, a, a relative showed up and there was like some, you know, drama happening and Howard was able to mediate the situation, calm everything down. Um, I, I left and I grabbed some coffee and some waters and came back and 
you know, it was just, there was heightened emotions there. The family was there and there was just a lot going on. Um, and so after that, um, I think, uh, let me see. I think Howard went to the family with the, to the coroner's office, to the coroners. And then, um, you know, we stayed in contact with the family. She said, um, you know, she requested us to be at the funeral. Wow. She was like, you guys have been with us through this whole process yeah. and you know, we, we want you at the powerful. Mm -hmm. Is she doing okay now? I mean, she actually really... reached out to me um, probably about three months ago because this happened two years ago, I believe. And so she um, she had messaged me and she said, you know, um, I always think about that night and I always think about that hug. And oh. she was like, I'll forever be grateful for you guys, you know, for the support that you provided. That's beautiful. And so that's, you know, like that's hard work. Um, we also stay connected to make sure that you know the family has opportunities for grief counseling yeah. and you know just kind of everything they need to kind of move them along and heal as best as possible and wrap around the whole entire family you know there were other siblings um she had grandbabies like you know all these other things and so um that one always just touches me just because it just was wow that was my first yeah um with the youth and you know i just felt so closely um so close to that's, that that's whole god's thing. way of saying you're in the right place brandy yeah you know that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing yeah, you know you. um and helping people in their worst moments yeah i'm an advocate for hugs um <laughs> i get teased at work because i'm always hugging everybody everybody everything is safe I'm, I'm hugging people i'm always hugging everybody. i guess just certain yeah. people because last time i saw you didn't want to hug me <laughs> James, get out of here. I want to hug you. I hugged you the other day, the other morning. Stop playing. You're teasing me. I always hug you, James. Um, so, you know, it's the the power of what's, which is why we call this podcast Connect. Mm -hmm. That to make that connection with another human being in their worst moment or their best moment. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't like they, what's the quote? You know, people don't remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and in her darkest hour, you know, you, you guys showed up. That's the beauty of your organization, you know, um, and to be able to explain some of the policies that um, policies are in place for reasons, you know, but that doesn't make them easy or, you right. know, um, easy to swallow policy. And so, um, you know, I hate it as much as you do that whole type of situation, you know, and, and just having to leave things as is, you know, because I want to protect people. That's my that's my passion, you know, is to protect the people who need protection. Mm -hmm. And that's not always just physical. I want to protect people emotionally, you know, or mentally or whatever it is that they're facing. And, and we can't. So you guys, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for sharing that. If she's listening, God bless her. And, um, you know, maybe one day it will come full circle and, and she can come and give back like you guys do. And I'll be able to say, I've been there. I've done it, you know. And um, that would be powerful, too, for her to reach out to someone else going through that. And, uh, you know, when I was in high school, I, got, I went to Johnson. So Grant and Johnson, we mm -hmm. played football against each mm -hmm. other. What class were you? 97. 97. 0-2 for me. Okay. And a little bit, a little bit younger. Telling my but, age, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, I had a friend. Uh, my, my junior year going into senior year um, got killed off of Power In. He mm -hmm. got shot and killed in gang violence. And he wasn't even a, a gang guy. You know, his family, um, they were gang members, a lot of them. But, you know, him in particular, I never remembered him being involved in that. Wrong place, wrong time, young black male. Yeah. And, um, you know, that affected us as kids because we're all kids. You know, this is our first, like, having to deal with some type of tragedy like this. So to have an organization like you guys to have been there for us would have been life-changing for us to understand as youth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just to say that um, if you have a child who's dealt with some type of death in his life or her life uh, from a, a friend, a youth violence of some type, let your child reach out to these guys. You know, you reach out to them because they can probably provide counseling for them too as a kid. You know? We actually um, have somebody on site that um, works with youth that have experienced community violence. See, yeah. there we go. So, you know, um, what what do you guys don't do, you know, <laughs> for our community? I mean, just it's remarkable what you're doing. So um, look, any questions for them, Brandon? I mean, talk about Powerful. I am just so thrilled to have your story be shared. I mean, you what you do seems to be an extension of family. You almost become family members to all of these folks that, that need the help. And it's just, it's so touching and powerful. I really appreciate all the work you guys are doing. Thank you. 
it's uh and your guys' story seriously i mean it doesn't we all come from different walks of life and we all have something we can bring to the table you know and um i i take pride in what i do because you know i grew up in the tahoe park oak park area as a kid and you know some of my friends got killed some of my friends went to prison and and some of my friends did well you know and um you know i i always wanted to be a voice so to speak and how can I give back? How can I make a positive change, you know? And and my career has taken a path where I thought and I still think that I can make a difference every day in the lives of someone. Um, but I found recently that it's bigger than me and it's a voice that I can have on this type of platform that I'm good at this. And to be able to showcase an organization like Mutual Assistance Network, Black Child Legacy Campaign, Healing the Hood, all these different groups is an honor to me. Um, because I, I mean, I'm impressed every time I see you guys. I am beyond impressed. Like, thank God they're here. That's my thought. Thank God they're here. I needed them, you know. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they're there, and you guys are there quick, within 10, 15, 20 minutes. So if there's a situation and you need to call these folks, they're gonna be there. If it's a serious thing, they're gonna be there quick. This is not a oh well, 24 hours later we'll get back to you, right? No. A lot, a lot of places, understandably, are that way. You know, 48 hour waiting period. Not with these guys. Um, if you guys call them, they're gonna be there. They're going to get back to you. That's why they have all these phones. It's a 24 seven <laughs> operation. So um, let's real quick before we wrap things up, please, um, Brandy, if you could give the websites, f- maybe a couple of phone numbers, and I'll make sure to put that in the, the text of our podcast too later um, so people can have it. But if you have a pen, write this down. If you need to get in touch with these guys, go for it. Okay. Um, our website is mutualassistance.org. Um Again, the jobs email um, to send if for anyone that's looking for employment is jobs at mutualassistance.org. Um, our arcade community center um, phone number is 916-514-8096. Um, we also have the Robertson Center. We have a mini community center at the Robertson Center on Norwood. Um, we also operate out of um, Johnston Community Center nice. in North Sac. And then um, our main site, the Firehouse Community Center on Del Paso Boulevard. I mean, I'm sorry, on Grand Avenue. Grand. Um, okay. I have to look up that phone number. It's all good. Okay. You know what? I was <laughs> looking on Facebook last night for your guys' stuff. And I'm like, they have like eight pages. What's going on here? Yeah. And so the good news is that all the addresses, phone numbers, times of operation yes. are on your Facebook pages. Okay. So if you're on Facebook, if you're a Facebooker, um, go to Mutual Assistance Network. And quite a few of them pop up, and particularly ones in your area. Mm. Like the page. Um, spread the page. Share yes. their information. Um, and get involved. So um, that's one way to check them out too, the website or the phone number. We um, do have Arden um, Arden Arcade BCLC on Instagram as well. Oh, okay, yeah, Arden Arcade BCLC. We have an Instagram. So Instagram yeah. slash Arden Arcade BCLC. Check them out too. We need to get these guys and their organization shared. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the world needs to, Sacramento needs to hear about this organization and the whole country, to be honest with you, because I'm sure these you guys could branch off and be in different places of the country. You know, um, every city can use an organization like you guys. So we have 50 employees here, but, you know, maybe it goes to Stockton and they, they have their own chapter, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if you work in different areas and you're listening to this from, I don't know, Texas, right? Reach out to these guys and say, hey, I want to start one of these where I'm at. How do I do that? How can I contact you guys and, and can we learn from each other? Uh, I think this type of organization is needed everywhere, the work you guys are doing. So um, who's to say this can't grow and to be a nationwide type of thing? And, uh, you know, let's get you guys spread out. I mean, Los Angeles County, you know, I mean, imagine the the impact this type of organization can be there, too. So I thank you guys so much. I'm going to put the text in in my podcast, um, Rad Radio. Brandon's going to put the text in theirs as far as being able to contact these folks. Watch the podcast again. Write down the information. Share it. Let everybody know what kind of great work James, Brandy, their entire organizations are doing in Sacramento in particular. And, um, you know, this is how we connect you guys. This is how we make the world a better place. And you guys know if you've been watching my my model, my connect model, um, it's communication, openness, neutrality, nurturing, education, courage, and transparency. Every one of those words falls within the word connect, and we have to do all of those things in order to connect. I can't miss one of those. I can't not communicate 
and expect that the other side is going to be able to pick those pieces up. We have to do each one of those things together in order to connect. I'm pretty sure James, in particular, didn't think he'd be sitting across the table from me at some point, and we are after the same thing, but look at us now, you know. This is how you connect with each other. You got to be courageous about it. You got to step out of the, you know, the realm of what you think is possible and, and be something bigger above yourself. It's not about me. It's not about James. It's about people overall. There's so much negativity in the world. So thank you for bringing a light and being a positive force for the world and what we need today. And um, Brandon, thank you. Rad Radio, Kyle in the back, the silent creator of all things back here. No rhinestones on your shirt today. <laughs> no. so anyway thanks you guys um brandon how do people subscribe you uh it's, if you want to uh, subscribe to, to Lacey's uh connects podcast you just search connect with Lacey nelson on all the podcasting platforms or you go to radradio.com and of course you can always stream the live episodes every two weeks on rad tv at members.radradio.com you got to be live, you guys, because the next couple of episodes we have come planning up, uh, just amazing. If you're live, you can write in with questions. Um, sometimes we'll let people call, but we're very careful because I know that you people who watch Rad Radio are ruthless. So, um, <laughs> but you can write in two weeks from now, Friday, I think it's the 16th of September. Mm-hmm. I have two guests I've already lined up for you guys. Um, one's a former inmate. Another's a former um, prisoner who did a lot of time. Both of them have been clean for many years. Both of them are giving back um, drug rehabilitation programs and stuff like that. And they have quite the story to share. As a matter of fact, Cherie, the the inmate, who she was a former inmate, um, we met because she was an inmate in the facility I worked. And I was able to find out many years later after a a few years of her sobriety that um, apparently something that I said and the way that I treated her touched her, and Mm. she got clean and sober when she got out. So she's going to share her story and how we met. We're friends now. And uh, the other other gentleman, Bob, we've been longtime friends, and I'll tell you his story's remarkable too. Many, many years in prison, all drug-related. So they're going to talk to people, and I hope inspire others to get clean and get sober and turn their lives around. Anything's possible. If you work hard for it, nothing good is easy. So tune in two weeks from now, uh, the 16th. Can't wait to see you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.